You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. It's Good Friday. It's a very sad day as we consider the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificing his life and dying on a cross. He died for my sin. As we've been learning in church here, he died because um, we wanted the glory that belonged to God for ourselves. And, and because of that, there was a separation that had to be paid, and it was paid in Jesus Christ on this day, on, on Good Friday. It was the day that we chose our righteousness over God's righteousness. It's because of the day that we chose a sinfulness over what God desired for us, and the Lord Jesus Christ would have to come and die because we are at the core of who we are as fallen people. We are rebellious people, and the Lord Jesus had to come. Today, we want to take a look at just one verse. It's found in Romans chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, you can flip there, but probably you already have this verse memorized. If you're a follower of Christ, Romans 6 and verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, God set in motion back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell in their sin. God set in motion a plan that would bring us to redemption. God set, a, set apart a, a place a plan that would bring us to the place where we could be right with God again, where we could have a relationship with him, where we could be found back where Adam and Eve found themselves, walking with God. And that plan that he set in motion that would come to redemption required this very sad, sad day. It required a huge sacrifice. It required an enormous payment It required a ransom that had to be made. Something was taken. The glory of God was stolen from God Almighty. We chose sinful, and it needed to be made right again. And it could only be made right through Jesus Christ the Lord. And so it's a sad day. Well, what was the path to the cross? Not the path from the very beginning, but just the last 24 hours that have gone on as we find ourselves here on on Good Friday. Uh, There was the betrayal in the garden. You remember they're in the garden and uh, Jesus had gone off to pray and he comes back and, and eventually Judas comes with that band of those who wanted to kill him and he kisses Jesus, he betrays him. And Peter, in all of his bravado, he grabs a sword and he lops off the ear of the uh, servant of the high priest. And, and the Lord Jesus has to heal it and he puts his ear back in place. Uh, the Lord's been taken away. Uh, they were a fire and Peter was sitting by the fire and a little girl says, uh, you're, you're one of those followers. And to fulfill what Christ had said that Peter would deny him three times. Three times during that time of the trials, Peter denies even knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And at one point it says, and and after the third time, the cock crows and says, and the Lord looked at Peter. And Peter is broken. 
And how could he fail his Savior so desperately? The trials go on before the Jews. The trials go on before the Romans. And Jesus is found guilty. And crucify him. Crucify him. And they take the Lord out. And they scourge him. They whip him with the pieces of glass and the leather, with the pieces of the little stone. They just literally tore his back raw and wide open. They mock him. They spit on him. And he's made to carry his cross. And they get to Golgotha, the place of the skull, and Jesus is laid out, and the nails are driven through his hands, his feet are crossed, and the nails are driven through his feet, and he's put up on that cross to suffer and to die. A crucifixion was designed to cause the maximum amount of pain. It wasn't an easy way. It wasn't like it's over. It was designed to make you suffer and anguish in pain. And you died literally, not because you lost blood. You died literally because you couldn't breathe. And you imagine Jesus Christ is hanging there with his feet crossed and his arms are out. And you would, you would slouch down and all the pulling on your chest. And you couldn't suck a breath. The only way you could get a breath was to push down on those feet that had a nail in them. And you would push up and you would gasp for one more breath. And this would go on for hour after hour after hour. And there's Jesus Christ on the cross. Not where he should be with the crown he should have, but with this crown. Pushed onto his head. And a sign over it Mockering that says, King of the Jews. And after gasping and after suffering and after pushing down for just one more breath, Jesus says, It is finished. It is finished. And our Savior is dead. Now, Jesus was dead, but it's not yet over, and we know there's a great part of this story to come, but on Good Friday, the followers, they're watching, they're seeing all of this, and Jesus is hanging on the cross, and he's dead, and the Romans knew how to crucify people. Jesus wasn't swooning. He hadn't just fainted. Jesus Christ is dead, and they had a way to make sure of that. It says they took the the spear, and they pierced his side. That wasn't just a little poke in the side to see if he'd go, oh. They took the spear and they put it up and they put it between your ribs and they would thrust it through and go through your lung and through your heart. Jesus Christ is dead. The Romans are satisfied. It's over. The Jews are thrilled because the troublemaker is gone. Satan is proud because he thinks he is victorious. God has given up his only son and Jesus has willingly paid the ultimate price. Well, that was the path to the cross. But in our text, I want us to see the payment on the cross. For the wages of sin is death. That word wages is a word that's normally used. uh, Wages are normally used to maintain life. You, You work, you do your job, you get paid. So you can maintain life. It's an interesting play on words even as it comes out here. The the wages of our sin is death. 
It started back in the garden. It started with the fall of Adam and Eve. And though they didn't physically die on that day, they spiritually died on that day. The wages of their sin is death. The wages of my sin is death. And the wage that Christ had to pay to restore us to a relationship with God through faith in him alone was death. The wages of sin is death. This verse shows the problem that we have. The wages of sin. 1 Corinthians 15.3 said that Christ died for our sins. We have a sin problem. Every one of us in the room. Here's some things about sin just real quick. First of all, it's a common problem. We've been talking about this in church. If you've been coming here, there is none righteous, not even one. So if you think you're the exception, you are not the exception. There is none righteous, not even one. Pastor, pastor, I'm visiting your church. Don't talk to me like that. I'm talking to everybody in the room like that. There isn't anybody who is righteous. Sin is a common problem. We all have it. We're all separated from God. It's a common problem. It's a character problem. Man sins because he is a sinner. It's a chosen problem. I chose to choose on a regular basis. God, I want what I want more than I want what you want. The wages of sin is, is death. The verse goes on and shows the penalty that we owe. The wages of sin is death. The gospel says that Christ died for our sin. Sin has a penalty, and the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There had to be a right and righteous, a sacrifice that was made. All of the Old Testament pictures were all pointing towards the one who ultimately would die. Someone had to die so that you could have eternal life. And it was Jesus Christ on the cross. And that was the payment. But what about the purpose of the cross? The purpose of the cross. You find that in Romans 6, 23 as well. For the, for the free gift of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. See, we need to understand the why. The why of the cross. If you've had kids, we had some and two and lots of grandchildren. They like to say why all the time. Like, why, 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 why? Please stop asking why. And they... But if you don't understand the why of the cross, then there's no need for the cross for you. And there was a great why. And the why was our separation. The why was the fact that we were alienated from God and we couldn't fix that problem and we couldn't solve that problem. Sin separated us from God. You want to do a great reading this afternoon? Read Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And look at your condition and look what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. But there's some things in that text you will say. They all start with D. Uh, I picked them out that way anyways. The first one is you are dead. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. It says, and he has made us alive. But you are dead. You read through that text, you will also find out that you are disobedient. You know, you never have to teach your kids to be disobedient. Somehow they figure that out all by themselves. Well, it's because we have a sin nature. And as people, we are disobedient to God. The word we learned last week in church was depraved. It means we're totally disobedient. It, it affects every part of our life. And as a result, we're doomed. And we can't fix this problem. And we can't solve this problem. And on this day that's filled with great sadness because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did, it came, that day came because we were, we are without Christ. We are doomed 
but it's the free gift of God. So this shows the uh, present that God offers to us. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God. It's interesting that he uses the word free gift because gifts are free. It's almost like for emphasis. Not only is it a gift, it's a free gift. Well, every gift is a free gift. You don't pay for a gift or it's not a gift, right? So, but the free gift that comes from God speaks about how amazing that this gift is. And so what do we learn about the gift? Well, this gift comes from God. The free gift comes from God, and it's a gift from God. That's the first thing. The second thing we learn about is that it's a great gift. It's an amazing gift. The Lord Jesus Christ would come as the gift. He would come and he would suffer. God would sacrifice his son so I could have eternal life. It's a great day in my life today. Why? Well, because I'm saved, yeah, but it's a great day in my life today because while I'm preaching right here, my son's preaching in Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville. How cool is that, right? God never asked me to sacrifice my son. I can't even imagine what that would be like. When Abraham's ready to sacrifice his son Isaac and God will supply, God will, and God supplied the great gift that God gave was his son. It was God's gift. It was a great gift. It was a gracious gift. It was a gift you didn't earn. It was a gift you didn't deserve. There was no reason. God should have, God could have. He, in his character, he wouldn't, but he could have just walked away from us and go, that's the way you want it to be. That's it. Fine. I'll go and I'll spend eternity with the angels. And, and God gave a gracious gift filled with grace and filled with mercy God presents an offer of a free gift. And that shows the price that has been paid. It says the free gift of God is eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. This awesome gift that's being given to us on this day is Jesus Christ who is hanging on a cross to pay a price I couldn't pay to receive a gift I didn't deserve. It was a violent thing. The price that had to be paid was filled with violence. As I said, they scourged him. They ripped his back open. They put a crown of thorns and thrust it on his head. They mocked at him. They spit at him. They put him on a cross. They ran him through with a spear. What the Lord Jesus Christ did for us is awesome. What they did to him was so violent. I got some V words about this. It was voluntary. Christ gave up himself. He willingly sacrificed. He set it all aside on his own. He voluntarily. Here's another V word. Vicariously. Ooh. In my place. That's what it means. Christ died in my place. One more word, word that really is for saving for Saturday night and Sunday, but it's victoriously. Because today is a sad day. Today's the day we think about the cross. Today's the day we think about the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and the pain and all the rest. But what we're going to see on Sunday is the victory that was accomplished in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the hope we have as followers of Jesus Christ, we have a great victory. But a price had to be paid. A price had to be paid to remove my guilt. 
to satisfy the wrath, the demand of God. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. This is right out of Isaiah 53. By his wounds, you have been healed. The guilt, the death, the separation, it's removed because Jesus Christ has satisfied the demand of God. What Jesus Christ is doing will restore the relationship. Relationship like Adam and Eve had with God when they would walk with him in the garden, when they had fellowship with him. We have that relationship again because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. The relationship is restored. In 1 John, it talks about, and you shall be the sons of God. And we're called sons of God or daughters of God. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, the relationship with God has been restored. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. A restoring of a relationship shown by God's love and the restoring of the relationship where a relationship that has been broken is now reconciled. It's now put back together. In Romans 5.1 it says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reconciliation with God. I'm back, we're back in a relationship with God that's, that is, is talked about with peace because of what Jesus Christ has done. So it removes the guilt, it restores the relationship, but here it is. It's an opportunity for repentance. It's an opportunity for repentance. See, every single person in the room has to make a decision of what am I going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? I hear about it. I've heard about Easter. I've been to church a few times. And the question you have to answer is, what am I going to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Either he is who he says he was or he's a lunatic and a liar. And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The most incredible thing about the Christian faith is you don't earn it, you don't deserve it, you can't work for it, you can't get it on your own. God does that work. God sent his son. He paid the price. What do you do? Believe. Believe. Believe requires turning from the way I'm going. I believed all these things. I thought I could get to God on my own. I thought I was an okay guy. I thought I was doing all right. And I realized I am nothing. I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God. I can't fix it. I need to go in a new direction. I change my mind. And I trust the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes the king of my life. I get myself off of the throne. I get him onto the throne. And you do that by faith. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. It's the thing that most people, they get to and they just stumble over. I've got to do something for this. I've got to, it can't be a free gift. It can't be, it is a free gift. You can't do enough. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Jesus Christ accomplished it all for you and he offers this gift to you and all you have to do is believe and you will be saved. What does that look like? Well, I understand I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God. That's why Christ came. He came. He died for me. And he said, believe. Believe in the work I have done. I've done this for you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Turning from our sin to our Savior by faith in the finished work of the cross. It is the solution for the human condition. The great exchange is Jesus Christ in my 
place. Jesus Christ died for your sin so that you could have his righteousness by faith and be restored to God. Well, so what? So what? The last saying of Christ on the cross, none is more important or more poignant than the very last utterance he made when he said, it is finished. You know, we think about it is finished and we think about it in the context of the reality that, that he died. So much more in that statement. It is finished is an accounting term. That's how, that, that was the kind of word, that was where that used word would be used. And so when the ledger was all done and it was all that up and when it was finally paid off, right across it would be written, it is finished or paid in full. Same thing. It's finished. It's done. There's no more payment to be made. The payment for your salvation is made in Jesus Christ. It is finished. There is no more payment to be made. It's Friday. Jesus is dead all hope seems to be gone. The work of the cross, it's finished. But followers of Christ, we know that the weekend is coming. And we know that Jesus will rise from the dead, proving he was who he said he was, proving he did what he said he would do, so you and I could be restored in our relationship to glorify our holy God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the challenge that it stirs in us on this Good Friday. Good Friday. What's so good about it is what was accomplished for us. We had no hope. We were separated. We were done. And Jesus Christ came. And because of that work, we have salvation. But salvation is not for everyone. Salvation is for those who believe I pray for the person who's in the room who's never trusted Christ that even today, Lord, they would turn in repentance and faith and follow Jesus Christ the Lord. And for those of us who love you, Lord, and focus on this day on our salvation, would we be reminded, would we rejoice, would we be humbled, would we put you on the throne, would we seek to bring you glory in all we do and say that the fame would never be ours, the fame would be yours, and Lord, we do this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.